Today on Sagittarian Matters, we are going deep on vegan recipes, our favorite restaurants, vegan chocolate, and more with very special musical guest to the show, Romy. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the From the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studios in Tahunga, California. Listeners, over the past couple of weeks, producer Ponyo and I have been shuttling our stuff back and forth, moving studios from Silver Lake in Los Angeles to Tahunga, 25 minutes north. Where is Tahunga? It's where E.T. was filmed. If you want to see where the new podcasting studio is, just pop in the movie E.T. and you'll see us in the background. We are living in a place that is surrounded by mountains. The neighborhood may be called Cougar Canyon. Why is it called that? Because we are attached to the Angeles National Forest and people have seen a cougar here. People have seen bobcats, snakes, hawks. There's so many lizards and coyotes. Every single neighbor we've met has a story about a coyote. So producer Ponyo, being appetizer sized, has a new punk vest. We ordered a coyote vest. After many years of making fun of them, we now own canine body armor. It's a little blue vest covered in spikes. I haven't put the tassels on yet. And the thing is, she looks so punk that if she meets, she looks so punk and so tough that if she meets a pack of coyotes, they're going to tuck their tails and slink away because they're going to feel like posers. They're going to feel so intimidated by how punk she looks. And when she goes, cut the shit, start the pit, they're going to like not want to attack her. Um, But so that's what's been going on over here. In other news, I tried Miyoko's liquid mozzarella pizza cheese. I want to talk about it more in an episode with Morgan. I want to get her play-by-play, but I couldn't wait. I just couldn't wait because the minute I saw it show up on the shelf in the store, I've been waiting for it. Friend to the show Bran from Magic Hour, our resident Sagittarius witch, sent me a TikTok video of some young person with good video editing skills pouring this like milk. It basically looked like pouring milk all over her pizza and then taking it out of the oven. It looked perfect. And it was Miyoko's mozzarella. So I bought some. This is not SpawnCon, but I am here to tell you it is great. If you see it, make haste. Go get it. I posted uh, some stories in our Sagittarius Matters Instagram account, in our account, and I will be saving them as a highlight so you can see how it went for me. But I will be talking to Morgan about that. Long story short, it's great. Long story long, it feels wild to pour this bottle of cheese all over your pizza. The last things I want to tell you are about two workshops I'm about to do. I'm teaching a graphic memoir workshop at the end of April. It is remote via Zoom. You can tune in from anywhere in the world. It is five days long, two to three hours a day. Let's be real. I talk long, so probably closer to three hours a day. You will have homework. You will have drawing exercises. It is suitable for people who are very confident in their drawing skills and people who maybe haven't drawn for a long time and are just looking to pick up a practice and a way to harvest stories from within them. Uh, it's really fun. I've done it a couple of times. The last one I posted sold out in 48 hours, so I made new dates, and I think I still have four slots left. You can find out about it on my website. You can also email me if you have any questions. The other thing is, 
I have started offering a limited number of private comics mentoring, um, comics coaching, comics tutoring sort of spots. This is where I work with people to do their comics, people who already have a project that they want help with, people who are just starting off with comics and are looking for a cheerleader or support or looking for the right direction to go in. I do edits. I give homework. I give professional practices advice. I just, I really like, as you know from listening to the podcast, I like supporting people's stories being out in the world. And I really enjoy reading comics. I really enjoy editing comics and I really enjoy helping people with comics. So if you're interested in that, just email me through my website. I think that's it. This week, we have an interview that I did with Romy, uh, who is a musician and a friend to the show, about vegan food, because Romy has also been vegan for a long time, has very strong opinions about chocolate, gave me some good recipes, and has a lot of strong opinions about some of the best places to get food in Los Angeles. I hope you enjoy our chat. Have a great week, and if you're looking for me, just turn on the movie E.T. Romy is an Australian artist, producer, songwriter, and DJ based in Los Angeles, California. She makes dark, driving electronic music with definite pop undertones. Romy also fronts an all-girl post-punk group called A-Gender. We're going to play an excerpt from the A-Gender song No Nostalgia here, and an excerpt from Romy's own album, Cosm, at the end of the show. You can find both of these projects on Bandcamp. Now please enjoy my talk with friend to the show, Romy Hoffman. chosen ones it's hard being a Virgo and I hope I uh do a good job being a well-organized Virgo on here you're you're carrying the burden of representation yeah here on Sagittarius and there's a lot of burden extra burdens being a Virgo so no pressure how long have you been vegan for this year I will it's my 20 year anniversary of being vegan so I'm 20 years now Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It feels like a big deal. Listeners, I need to butt in here for a minute and let you know that Romy is going to talk in this episode about some vegan tofu that she makes at home and a drink called bonsoy, which is the best soy milk in Australia. For my birthday, Romy showed up with a plate of this salt and pepper tofu and a, her last carton of bonsoy. And I got to tell you, both of these things were everything that she purported them to be. The bonsoy was delicious. It was creamy. It had a nutty, lovely taste. And I coveted it and had it just by the glass and in my coffee. Um, I needed to tell you those things. Look forward to hearing Romy talk about those on with the show. So you've been vegan 25. You know what it was like, like pre, you know, around the millennium and what the options were as opposed to now. So yeah, you understand. I went vegan in suburban Kansas 
which wow. was like, I just like, sometimes like when people in Los Angeles or Portland say it's too hard, I'm just like, yeah, you give me a break, <laughs> you know? Cause I, I went vegan when at the time when, um, for like, even just for ice cream, the option was sorbet, a mm-hmm. fruity sorbet, or like this disgusting stuff called mocha mix that they had at the grocery store, which was basically <laughs> like non-dairy creamer, but frozen. That was just vegan by, there were a lot of things that were vegan because they had so many chemicals mm-hmm. that that's yeah. why they were vegan. But yeah. now you get to eat actually food with healthy ingredients. Exactly. Yeah. When Tofuti was the only cream cheese option back in those days, partially uh, hydrogenated oils. That was like, yeah, no, no, no. No way. No Romy, way. you have some music that has come out recently. Yes. And in honor of that, I wanted you to come on the show to talk about, because I realized you're somebody who carries around, you know, anywhere from zero to five chocolate bars with you at any given time. <laughs> this is correct. You know, you have strong vegan opinions in Los Angeles, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. first of all, will you tell us about how people can find you, what your musical releases are, where they can find them, how they can best support you? Sure. Well, I just um, released a solo EP. Uh, That's a project under my name, Romy. That's kind of like dark electronic industrial pop music with techno tinges. Um, You can find that on Spotify, all streaming services, basically. Um, And even in some record stores, my first album, which was pressed to vinyl, you can find those in record stores and on my band camp, which is... I believe Romy the Lonely is my band camp. Um, and my, I also have an all-girl post-punk band called Agenda. We just released a new single yesterday, actually, um, and announced a record that we'll be releasing in February. Um, and, yeah, that's also on streaming platforms. And the band camp is Agenda Band. You can buy our first record, Fixations, which was also pressed to vinyl. And there will be vinyl and tapes of this record, but for now it's just streaming. So the best thing to do is Bandcamp or just stream and give me a percentage of a cent per stream on Spotify because that's what we get. So Bandcamp's always the best, FYI. But And just streaming it over and over and over and over again so that you can yes. get up to five cents. Yeah, I think it takes a million streams to make $3,000. Wow. A million, if you get a million pays on Spotify, that that equals 3,000, which takes a long time. It's a very long time. Yeah. Romy. Yes. What were you, so when quarantine happened, when lockdown happened, I, and we were eating more at home at first, I was eating what I call human dog food, which is basically, I just kind of would make kind of a tofu scramble every day. I just would be like, I need to eat vegetables. I need to eat protein. I'm no longer concerned with like the form. It's just the function. And so I would do that. And then I would put some kind of like horrible vegan cheese, like diet or something, I would just, or some kind of sauce on top of it and just call it a day. Uh-huh. What was your food life like over the past year and a half? Similar to yours. I'm a scrambled tofu girl through and through. Um, I, I mean, my food, yeah, I, I like very, I like minimal eating. I, I kind of like eating towards like a macrobiotic diet, but not so much. Like I feel like my digestive system's kind of weak and 
that can be a lot of food, you know, trying to like balance it out with all different things. And I used to eat piles of vegetables and I no longer do that because I think, yeah, my digestive system can't handle that. But I, I think being vegan for this long, we come from the soy generation. Like I will still choose soy milk a lot of the time over oat milk or almond milk. And I'm, yeah, I'm just, I still eat soy products. Like I think they're, le they're less refined than um, all the fake meat stuff. But I think, you know, I will eat some variation of a scrambled tofu, whether that's like I make this very good, heavy turmeric ginger scrambled tofu with like rice noodles and basil and like fresh tomatoes. I think like fresh little cherry tomatoes, especially when they're orange, are the like key to my cooking. So is fresh basil. And then I just add ginger garlic to everything. I don't, I mean, ginger and turmeric. I don't eat garlic or onion. Um, so I'll do the scrambled tofu with quinoa or with rice noodles or um, I also make a very good salt and pepper tofu. So mm -hmm. I, I, there's special brown rice flakes that I kind of um, coat around tofu and shallow fry it and with a lot of salt and pepper and you sprinkle some lemon on it. I've been told it's kind of like eating fake octopus or something. <laughs> Not that Ooh. I remember that. But I'll do those. Like I'll make like macrobiotic bowls with the tofu, the fried tofu and brown rice and avocado and steamed vegetables. And then I make a very good salad with a great salad dressing. Um, What's the great salad dressing? It's tahini. I found this persimmon vinegar earlier this year and it's no longer in season, but it's, I kind of get like, um, there's fancy vinegars you can get. I get like a peach one. Um, so it's a bit of that with the tahini, olive oil, lemon. Um, I use gamazio flakes, which are, you know, sesame with a bit of um, kelp, salt. Um, and it's just like the ratio I get right. And then a little bit of maple syrup to sweeten it. So it's got like a tahini texture. And then, yeah, fresh herbs are like my keto salad. So those are the things, those are my staples and I oscillate. Um, I'll also sometimes I like uh, Japanese sweet potatoes, the white ones you can get. They're really good with just like olive oil and avocado and salt. There's just something about, I just see, see minimalism. That's like the key to my diet is minimalism, minimal ingredients. And I love soy. What can I say? I love tofu. I have my, I felt so happy over the past season when I was in Portland because many fine coffee shops still have soy milk. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, you know, you ask for soy milk somewhere, you just get booted onto the curb, like a Muppet getting thrown out of something into the, <laughs> like into the ditch. Um, but they, I really, I prefer soy too. I, I liked that soy was a way for me to get protein in a latte yeah. or, you know, with cereal or in my coffee, like not a ton of protein in my coffee, but more than yeah. you know, all almond milk. I just think it's such a joke. Yeah. Um, same. Oh, milk. I do now because soy creamer from Wildwood as repackaged by Trader Joe's has bit the dust. So <laughs> Yeah, I, oat milk's good in tea. I will say, and there is a brand of soy milk in Australia called Bonsoy, and it is the most silky smooth, magical thing ever. And you can't get it here. The closest thing here would be the Eden soy, which mm -hmm. I think is the best soy milk here. And I always get the fortified one. Like I still put 
the fortified Eden soy in my smoothies. Um, I like it the best, but I will, I have, I bought a couple of bonsoys back with me when I was in Australia and I have one left and I will share it with you. You have to try bonsoy. Now, knowing you're a soy person, yeah, it is the best soy milk you will ever have. I can't describe it, but yeah, it's just going to be something you'll taste. And I miss that. Like being in Australia, it's the first and it's got the most beautiful packaging ever. Oh my God. This the, like packing soy milk cartons in your luggage is <laughs> you're right. I feel that you're right in line with the Sagittarian matters kind of our, our community of listeners and guests. Good. Yes. Smuggle, smuggle soy milk into the country. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that I would do. Um, all right. What are your favorite foods to eat out? Has um, it changed in newly opened Los Angeles? It hasn't, it hasn't. I, I don't eat out much. I, I like to cook. I, my favorite foods, eating out are Mexican food and Vietnamese food um, and also Ethiopian food. I don't eat Ethiopian food a lot, a lot, like I would Vietnamese. I could eat Vietnamese food for the rest of my life, three meals a day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously like Rahel's vegan on Fairfax. I was there a couple of days ago and just... Um, it's just nice to share that again in like the post COVID world, you know, sharing like a big platter with someone. And, um, that feels really nice doing that because I didn't get to do that during COVID times. Um, but there is a really good place. I mean, I live in Los Angeles. Um, there is a little hole in the wall on Hoover street in Silver Lake, um, called Bayou which is like a new Vietnamese place. Um, I love this place. Yeah, and the menu isn't exclusively vegan, but they do have a vegan menu. Their tofu is like a grenade <laughs> of flavor, um, very lemongrassy. They have, yeah, like a very good bun, which is, you know, the rice noodles with the lemongrass tofu, fresh herbs. Um, it's just I feel like they marinate that tofu for so long. It's so flavorsome. And then their rice paper rolls are really interesting. They have like a mango cucumber one. Um, there's just something about those textures, the rice paper and mango together. It's like I notice Americans don't like slimy-ish foods like mochi here and like boba. I don't know. It's like such a – and tapioca, those things are very Australian and yeah I, so I love those kinds of textures which their mango and rice paper together is that interesting texture um and yeah you can't eat in at Bayou you have to like order it and you can go sit outside or take it home um but there's yeah it's super fresh not exclusively vegan but they do have a big vegan menu they don't have fat there it's more about the noodles and the rice paper roll. So that's, yeah, my new favorite Vietnamese place. I've, I've really been liking their protein salad, uh -huh. whatever that option's called, where they have like a bowl with however many greens and then yeah. whatever your protein style is. Yes, that's good. And they Every use some kind of herb. Do you know what kind of herb they use? They use some kind of leaf. It's almost like a kaffir leaf or something. Yeah. It's in a lot of their stuff. I can't remember what it is in particular, but it's very specific. Is it beetle something? Maybe. I've Googled they, it before. Yeah. I think it might be beetle or something that sounds similar, but I know it's so distinct and it makes it. It's just, yeah. Fresh we, also had, we also had those little 
I can't remember what they're called, but they're almost like little cigars. Maybe they were made with impossible meat or some kind of like fake beef that were wrapped, wrapped in a leaf. Um, uh-huh. It's a thing I had never experienced before because I, I went vegan at such a young age that now I just eat the vegan versions of something. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, well, our palates have changed. When people ask me, don't you miss this? Don't you miss that? I'm like, my palate isn't like, it's like different. It's like evolved and morphed into its own thing. Like I haven't had meat. I mean, I was vegetarian, you know, for six years before turning vegan. Like I haven't eaten meat in like 30 years. I don't know what certain things are like, you know? I don't, I don't have a palate for adult meat. Yeah, exactly. I have a, I have a palate yeah. for like chicken fingers. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll have to make you my tofu, this, the salt and pepper tofu. It's like fish fingers, meats, chicken strips. Like, yeah, like crunchy. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I'm sure all, all of our listeners would like to know about this. I'll be happy to try it. Yeah. What are your favorite? Do you have other favorite Vietnamese restaurants or do you have what's your favorite Mexican go to? In Los Angeles, um, other Vietnamese, I like Blossom a lot. I actually tried a place in Hollywood on Saturday night on Sunset. I have to like look at the name of it for you, but the the fart was amazing there, like very Star Anisi, mm. and just like yeah, very. The vegetables are good. The tofu. I'll let you know. I'm sorry that the name evades me. I hadn't been there. It's new and um. I'll find it. It's in the text, but that's been really good. And then, yeah, Blossom's kind of my staple. Um, and in terms of Mexican food, I, I mean, I live in Highland Park. I know it's annoying. It's like sometimes on the go, I'll get home state, just the bean. It's just like, I just like black beans a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gloria's, which is a cafe in Highland Park on 50th Avenue, has these amazing mushroom tacos. Mm. Um, yeah, they're very simple, just good tortillas, different like three kinds of mushroom and avocado and salsa. It's just like, but it's like packed to the brim. That's Perfect. really good. And then also there's a place on Fairfax that's kind of new called Taco Vega. Ooh. You know that? It's 100% no. plant-based. It's fully vegan menu. Um, they say it's focused on Mexican cuisine inspired by and celebrating the bounty and nostalgia of growing up in Southern California. Um, they're 99% organic, all GMO free. And they, it's like very whole foody, you know, like good ingredient kind of Mexican food. My favorite thing, they have these bowls there. They have tacos, uh, enchiladas, burritos, everything, but they have some really good bowls. My favorite is the Fairfax at the moment. I'm there like once or twice a week. I also work in that area. So yeah, I'm not like going to the Supreme store and like waiting in line. Don't worry. I'm not like, <laughs> but I am in that area. And yeah, the, the Fairfax bowl has like grilled oyster mushroom, asada, Spanish rice, refried pinto beans, avocado, and they do a roasted pineapple salsa, which is just like roasted chunks of pineapple. But their pinto beans are like super silky and smooth. Ooh. And so it's all plant-based. They're really great. I like them. Um, so I'm kind of, when I'm in that further west, definitely go there. Yeah, Taco Vega on Fairfax. These are wonderful recommendations. You're welcome. I want to help out. I mean, we just, I want to add to the Sagittarian Matters, you know, kind of food tour documents. And since the world has opened again, some things are just different. 
Um, I previously was in Silver Lake. And so I would go to Little Pine often before <laughs> the great, the great schism, the great thing that happened, um, you know, around COVID where Moby fired everybody and then fell into disrepute. And then it got re, it got repurchased by somebody else. And anyway, I used to go there all the time. That will probably no longer be the case. Um, I sometimes would order my vegan gold to my house, which I know is kind of, it's just like, would be kind of like junk foodie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind vegan gold. Uh, yeah. That far is good. Oh yeah. That's interesting to know. Cause I've been disappointed by some of their soups. Okay. In I the past, like so that's, that's nice to know. Good. Yeah. I really like, they have a weird, um, they have a weird beef appetizer that has coriander on it and you wrap it in the little leaf. Um, and it's quite a delicious little beef jerky situation. And then they have a vegan papaya salad, which seems like a harder thing to find Yeah, to, to go to places and be like, you know, no shrimp. Yeah. That is a hard one. None of that. Today's episode is brought to you by Leah Engel, Paula Gross, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, who just had a birthday, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo. It's Hell Books on Venmo. H-E, double hockey sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. Romy, you have recently tried, well, you gave me something, which maybe I, I should eat. Maybe I should go grab it and eat. But you're a chocolate connoisseur, in my opinion. <laughs> I realized this by going to your birthday at a bar before, <laughs> and you had this spread of beautiful chocolate bars. And I thought that your friends must have really taken care of you by getting you these beautiful chocolate bars. But I think that you actually had just brought them because yes. that's how you roll. That's how I roll. Um, I'm involved in nightlife. I don't drink alcohol and I just eat cacao. That's how I stay up. Matcha, cans of matcha and cacao, chocolate bar. I'm known to eat a chocolate bar a night. It's my one vice left in life. And yeah, I, I am a bit of a connoisseur. I know what I like. I try not to eat sugar. So I tend to eat chocolate bars that are made with coconut sugar or maple syrup. And I did work at a chocolate production place in Melbourne, Australia. Um, It's called Loving Oath. I think you can get some of the chocolate here. They were like one of the biggest raw food vegan brands in Australia still to this day, the biggest for sure. So I was there. I was actually working in production development there. This is before I moved to LA, like for three years. And part of that job was making chocolate, which was dangerous. What do you mean? Like really dangerous. (laughs) Well, I would get to work, you know, it was like early starts, the f- factory was, you know, in a factory. Um, and they also had other production, like they made um, kale chips, activated almonds, like cereals that were raw and activated, lots of big working big dehydration machines, which was cool. But yeah, if I was on the chocolate, um, that was my job in the morning was like helping making the chocolate. You know, we'd have to get to work at eight. 
it was open like eight till three. Um, but I would start making chocolate at 8 a.m. and have to taste things. And their cacao is a very, very strong. Um, you know, it's the way they sourced it. Um, it's honestly the strongest cacao I've ever had. It's hard for me to eat it now because it tastes, I don't know, maybe I work there, but it tastes different to the other cacao. Um, but, yeah, I would just be, like, having to, like, help temper the chocolate, make everything, pour it into the mold and then try it and then, You'd have to keep trying it as it goes. And honestly, there were times by like 10 a.m. I would, there were times that I could feel my heart trying to beat out of my chest. Like, so it was like being on drugs. And I don't know, I'd have to like go sit down and then eat something. Like it was that intense, eating wow. that much cacao first thing in the morning. Um, <laughs> That's like one of those Wall Street men from the 80s that would just do cocaine on the job. And it was just like Pretty much. part of the job was yeah. just that your heart was like ripping out of your shirt. Yeah, it was. Is it Hugh? Yes. Or for human? Yes. H-U. This is a holiday edition pumpkin spice dark chocolate that's 70% cacao. I think that's another thing from being vegan is that I really lost the taste for milk chocolate in a way uh-huh. where I just started getting into dark chocolate, but actually really nice dark chocolate. 70% is the sweet spot. I think it's good. I mean, there's times I do 80 if I'm going like, a, but yeah, 70 is perfect this is a pumpkin spice situation <laughs> i very much appreciate this but i don't think that this candy this chocolate bar is for me how come well good question <laughs> there's something about it that feels drier than the normal chocolate that i've had and almost mm-hmm. grainy yeah it is grainy i don't know what they um what's in it Maybe it's cinnamon. I think that's the thing. I think uh-huh. adding, you know, cinnamon has that intense drying effect on anything and their chocolate's usually kind of smooth and rich to me. Yeah. And I think adding the cinnamon zapped some of the moisture out of it and is giving it that grainy feeling. Yeah, I agree. I've had it before. I do think it is dry. I'm not a pumpkin spice fan, like in very small doses, I'll indulge and get in the holiday spirit, but like maybe once, but yeah, that's too much. I could not eat a whole bar of that. No, I'm surprised that you picked up a pumpkin spice variety (laughs) of chocolate bar. I had to get in the spirit. Like they just came out with a new flavor of um, coffee hazelnut butter, I think, which is great. I haven't tried that yet, but they are branching out and making new flavors, which is good. That'll be the next thing I try, but I just had to do it. Like I've tried all the Hue bars. Yeah. I mean, pumpkin spice is not a thing in Australia where I'm from. So, you know, it's definitely something, I don't know. I think I partake in it just to be facetious. Is peanut butter also not a thing there? It is a thing there. It is a thing there. Yeah. Maybe it's Canada or somewhere where I've had people be like, you know, I've just been different places. They're like, wow, you really like nut paste. Yeah, I think in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe it's just my family. I mean, it's not peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's very American. But, yeah, peanut butter in my household in Australia was a big thing. What are your favorite chocolate bars right now? What are your go-tos? What do you carry around when you're hitting the nightlife (laughs) and you want to enjoy yourself? Definitely the hue. Um, My favorite would be the almond butter and quinoa. Mm. 
they did just change their packaging, which has made a huge difference. They used to package their chocolate in, obviously it was like a biodegradable, um, clear, fake plastic kind of thing. I don't know what those things are made out of. This is it. That's it. Yeah. So it was that. And now it's kind of like aluminum foil paper like it's paper and then it's lined with aluminum and it's changed everything that chocolate is creamier and thicker in a way not as dry like I think all of their chocolates are a bit more dry in that old packaging and it's changed everything I remember like opening it and seeing that going "Ooh," and it just and then yeah it just I was blown away and maybe they might have changed their chocolate a bit the ingredients and ratios Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, I'm very happy about this. <laughs> and yeah, I would say the almond butter quinoa is my favorite. And then I sometimes like the raspberry cashew butter one. Um, the hazelnut butter is really good. The straight up cashew butter is really good. So yeah, all their flavors are excellent. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the orange cashew butter one. I don't love orange and chocolate together. I'll do oh, it if it's there and like I'm in dire need. <laughs> but yeah, those and then the Dr. Bronner's chocolate, which has just come out, which is. That's a real surprise. It's a real surprise, that one. Um, it's such a surprise that it is. Well, so I should say because of being friends with Lagusta from Lagosta's Luscious, I have a okay. consciousness around chocolate that I didn't before, just about how much chocolate is slave trade. Yes. Chocolate is made by really unethical means. It and is. so now when a new candy bar comes on the scene, I'm always like, I don't know about you. I don't know if I can do that. It either has palm oil or I don't understand where the chocolate's from. But Dr. Bronner has passed the Lagosta's ch- test. Ah. And it's passed the taste test. Yeah. Did Hugh pass their test or not? In I don't terms know. Of- I, well, it's fair trade. It's fair trade, which means something, but I don't know if it means. I mean, I think it has, like I've done a bit of research. They seem ethical to me. Those are the only chocolate I eat. I eat that eco brand sometimes, which mm-hmm. is good, but it has sugar, um, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Does it, the body, I don't think really is like, hey, you just put coconut sugar in me as opposed to like, oh, my God, that was like white sugar. You know, the, I don't yeah. think the body knows sugar is sugar. But still, I tend try not to eat um, straight up sugar. And I know the eco one does, but their chocolate's really good. I'll do That's good to bring to a gathering, I feel like, because the bars are bigger. It's just easier to share. I feel like Hugh is like a personal thing. Or with one mm-hmm. other person, it's not. Oh um, no! You, then, if you pull that out at a party and everybody wants a bite, then you feel yeah, kind of sad. Yeah. yeah, but the Dr. Bronner's is my new favorite. That um, the almond caramel one is just exceptional. Their uh, coconut pralines amazing. Their almond, it's just all good. Even that their straight up one with just chunks of almond is great. I'm Can you talk to- about the taste? I just think the cacao is really sophisticated. It's, um, and it varies. Like the one in the one that's just the cacao, the plain chocolate with almond chunks, that feels stronger to me. I think it's all 70%, but um, I don't know, it's just very smooth. Like even more smooth than the hue, in, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just feels, yeah, I'm so blown away by that chocolate. I was not expecting it. The packaging, I think, like I said to you, you're expecting to taste soap and you don't. And <laughs> the packaging is like signature Dr. Bronner's that doesn't have all the, you know, the ingredients are like super minimal. Um, like you said, it's ethical and fair trade. And yeah, it's my favorite chocolate at the moment. Vegetarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.